We close out our series today on radically normal where we've been uh, for the last, uh, this is the fifth week. The first week we just, well, just, the, the whole premise was that Jesus was a radical. The word radical means far-reaching, out of the ordinary, extreme. But that's what Jesus was. He, 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 we get this picture, we paint this picture of Sunday school Jesus, that he was nice, and, and, he, was, and he was. But that, the truth is, when he came on to the culture there, he was considered to be an extremist. He was, he was different. He was out of the ordinary. He did things that no other person did. And not only that, he's calling us to live the same life. That, that when you follow Christ, that Jesus was radical, he says to follow me, and we're going to talk about that in just a second, that you and I are to be radical, and that radical ought to be normal for our lives, that it ought to be normal. And so the first week we talked about radical faith, and then we talked about radical love, and then we talked about radical forgiveness. Last week we talked about radical hospitality, of this concept of inviting people in your home, of, of eating lunch with people, people who are like you, people who are safe, people who are not safe. Just that, man, we are just radically hospitable people that people in some ways can't get away from us. That we are just so uh, hospitable. And today we are talking about radically normal generosity. Now, I'm going to give you uh, some disclaimers here. First is this, is that I'm going to talk about money today. Now, who's excited? <laughs> Woo, man. Some of you are like, this is the day I chose to come. <laughs> I'm going to talk about money today. Second thing is this. I'm going to push a little bit. Okay? Hear me. I'm going to push just a little bit. But usually when I'm hearing someone talk about money, I have these thoughts. I'm like, who is this person? Who is this person? So I'm, I'm going to give you a, a couple of thoughts about who I am. And it's going to seem a little self-serving, but I'm going somewhere. First is this. I'm not a user. I'm not a user. I've been here 20 years. You couldn't line up one person to say I use them because I don't do it. I don't use people. Now, I've had people help me, and I've got friends. But I don't use people. I don't. I, I shy away from it. I hate it. Even, even the, when, when I feel like someone's trying to use me, my radar is going up. You know what I'm talking about? You ever have that moment? It's like my radar is up. So I'm not a user. Second thing is I don't want something from you. I don't. I don't want something from you. I'm not here today. We're going to talk about money. I'm not looking about getting something from you. This is not about getting something from you. I want something for you. I want something for you. I want you to experience God in a way that you never had before. Through generosity. I want you to be able to trust God. With all that you have, we just sang that this song, you know, you know, Cameron led this song, just a man of a beautiful introduction, uh, just this song of, uh, you know, I want you to take it all from me, that I want you to be able to, 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 to really live that out. That you believe that. You know what? I want you more than anything. If that means you take it, then I've got you and that's all that matters. That I want you to experience the blessing of obedience and sacrifice. And then finally, here's the last thing I want for you. For you. I want you to have stories. There's a, a, a saying at Celebrate Recovery that you're only as sick as your secrets. But I want to share this with you. You're only as strong as your stories. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to have stories in your life of man of just where you were generous, where you trusted God, you saw him come through, and man, this just kept happening. And you've got these stories in your life. Just these stories. And so I'm going to share some stories about me, some stories about others, some stories from God's Word, so that you and I would have 
these stories. A lot of us, I feel like, uh, I don't know if you ever get up in the middle of the night. Maybe it's not in the middle of the night. Maybe it's the middle of the day. And you go to the refrigerator. You go to the refrigerator and you look in there and there's nothing in there. You ever do this? You go back and you sit down and you're, you're not satisfied. Then you get up and you go back and look again. You ever do this? And look again. There's, and I feel like sometimes when it comes to trusting God, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to money, we have nothing in the refrigerator. And we keep going in there looking but we've got nothing in there. And today, I, want, I hope today is a springboard to where you start having something in the refrigerator because you've got these stories of being radically generous. I mean, you are, you are radically generous. The older I get, I preach this the first Sunday of the year. The first Sunday of the year, I preach this message that the older I get, the more generous I want to be. It's just something I want to be. It's something I, it excites me. Unlike anything else, I want to be more generous. Well, today we're going to look at how do you do that? Here's a scripture. One of the hardest uh, scriptures that Jesus taught, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what would it benefit if you were to gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? And I want to take that verse and apply it to being generous. I know it sounds crazy. I want to take that verse. That, that if you take this, that if anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. We're going to talk about that. Take up your cross and follow me. We're going to talk about that. And then if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, you're going to save it, that you're going to see something great. And so that's where we're going in, in, when it comes to radical generosity. So the first is this. Radically normal generosity begins by turning from our selfish ways. Now here's the truth. You don't like this? I like this. Selfishness runs deep in us. Yes or no? Yes. I mean, from the very beginning, we could go in the nursery right now, and there's going to be a kid, and somebody's going to grab a toy, and the other kid's going to look at them and go, that's mine. And it's not because their parents taught them to say that. Their parents say, hey, look, when they go for the toys, you look at them and you say, that's mine. They don't do that. Most of the parents, second service parents do that a lot, but not you guys. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have two grandchildren, and one of them is at the point right now that she is, she is great, but she can be selfish. She can communicate. She can be selfish. But anyway, one, one day we're sitting there, and we're doing something, and I'm trying to help her, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help her. Trying to help her, and I love her to death, and she's great. I'm going to take her to Cinderella at Social Circle Theater Day. But in this moment... She looks at me. I'm trying to help her. This moment, she looks at me. And she goes, "I do it." And I went, "Leslie, I think she wants you now." But we all have that in us. It, it, you don't have to go very far. It's inside of us. Selfishness runs deep in all of us. From the very beginning, we are selfish. We are still selfish. This is something that we have to fight all the time. And radically normal generosity means turning from selfishness. Here's the thing. You and I cannot be generous and selfish at the same time. We can't. You can't. It's like this, this picture of, this picture of, of you having an open hand and a closed hand. The closed hand represents being selfish. The open hand being generous. You can't have a closed hand and an open hand at the same time. It's either one or the other. You're either selfish or you're generous. In some moments we are selfish, in some moments we are generous, but we want to be more open-handed. We want to be more generous. Look at the scripture here. Don't be selfish, Paul writes. 
Now, why would he write that unless it was a problem? He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And then this last part, listen. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. And Jesus was not selfish. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the example of generosity. Calling us to do and be the same. So the first thing is we've got to decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to be generous. I want that to be the mark of my life. The second thing is this. Radically normal generosity is taking up your cross and being sacrificial. Now here's the funny thing about sacrifice. We love that Jesus was sacrificial, don't we? Does anybody not love that Jesus went to the cross for you? We love that. I love that. I'm excited about that. We are inspired when other people are sacrificial. Have you ever seen somebody, man, they suck, like, man, that was amazing. You ever had that happen? You see something unbelievable. But we don't like being sacrificial. I'm going to say it again. Listen to me. Hear me. We love that Jesus was sacrificial. We are inspired that other people sacrifice. But in our very nature, we do not really want to be sacrificial. Here's the truth. You can't be generous unless you sacrifice. I talked about this last week, a little bit of hospitality, that there's a part in us that we have to be willing to sacrifice. So what is sacrifice? Look at the scripture right here. What does that mean? What does it mean to sacrifice? Jesus sat down near the collection box. Jesus is watching people put money in the temple box, offering box, and he watches a crowd dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped two small coins. Dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. So what is sacrifice? In verse 43, it says that she has given more. Sacrifice is giving more. It's giving more than we want. In some ways, it may be giving more than we have. Because when you sacrifice, it means that I'm willing to do with less in order to be generous. So there's always sacrifice. Sacrifice, Jesus goes on to say in verse 44, she is giving, she is given everything she has. Sacrifice is often giving everything. It's giving everything. And this is the call that Christ has given us. That we are to sacrifice. That we are to be willing to give more. We are willing to give everything. When we first were raising money to build this campus, 
I met with the South Campus folks, and, and I think we met with, uh, I think we might have met with everyone, but I know I met with the South Campus folks. We were talking about, we we're going to build this campus, and everybody was excited. We were meeting at the high school. Everybody was, yeah, we're going to build a campus. Everybody was, not everybody, maybe, I, my, I may be exaggerating, but I felt like there was some excitement in the room. And I said, I've got great news for you. We have all the money we need already. Man, I'm telling you, the place went, they erupted. They went, yeah. I said, the bad news is it's in your wallet. <laughs> and I got the same response that y'all get. Listen. You're here today because some people have sacrificed. They gave above and beyond. Listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, you can't be generous unless you're going to be sacrificial. There's just no way around it. Just as you can't be generous and be selfish, that there's always sacrifice that, that, that you've got to do. And, and when we built this campus, I had this pressure that I felt like that, that God was calling me and Les, Leslie and I. And listen, I'll just say this, calling all of our leaders, our elders, our pastors, that we weren't just going to say, hey, y'all need to give, and we were going to sit back. No, we were all going to make some sacrificial gifts. And so Leslie and I pledged to give for this building the largest gift we'd ever given in our lives over a three-year period. And I'm, again, I'm telling you, I'm not bragging. I tell you so many stories where I don't get it right. But we made some sacrifices. We made a commitment to the Lord that we were going to do above and beyond our regular giving the largest amount of money we've ever given away. I got a second job. Started working with my pastor friend, Chad Caldwell, doing some remodeling and painting. Started making extra money. We started cutting back. But listen to me. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I never look back and go, boy, we could have bought this with that money. I never think like that. I just don't. I never think we could have done that. We could have done that with that money. You know what I think? I look at you guys here today. I think about people who've walked in the doors of this church and found hope and life change in that moment, who've, who've found Christ in the atrium or found Christ here in a service or been part of a group or serving that we celebrate today. I think about those things. They don't happen without sacrifice. They don't happen without someone being generous. Radically normal generosity is taking up our cross and being sacrificial. And then finally, radically normal generosity is following Jesus by being obedient. Let me ask you a question. If we could just be, if you could be honest with yourself. Are you a generous person? Our immediate answer is yes. I don't, I don't think we want, no, I'm, I'm really selfish. I'm the opposite of what you're talking about today, Gary. Are you a generous person? See, because when it comes to generosity, there are areas of our lives that we may not be able to measure whether, we're, whether we are or not. Well, I think I am, I'm not sure. When it comes to generosity, there is a measure. Hear me. Do you give away? Do you do without? It 
Second question. What do you think the average gift by Christians is to the church weekly? Again, we're getting, we're getting in the, into, into the weeds here, but I'm, I'm going to go. told you I was going to push a little bit. If you had to guess, what would be the average amount that people give weekly? What would be the average amount? Would it be like, hey, we give $100 weekly? $100 weekly? Or, or, or is it $1,000 weekly? What, what is the average amount? Well, there's a survey done that said that if you take all the Christians in the United States and take the gifts that they gave, and someone did a survey, and I can get you the survey if you want so you know I'm not making it up, the average was $17 a week. I'm going to say this again. See, most people in this room, they would say, yeah, I'm a generous person. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in charge of that. I'm not in charge of whether you're generous or not. But statistics say that we're not. $17 a week. You know what $17 a week? That's two number ones at Chick-fil-A. $17 a week is a Papa John's specialty pizza. $17 a week is five gallons of gas. And it's not, it's not even holding on to five for very much longer, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe four or three, but it's not that much. 17. Now, when I say not that much, it's all relative to your income. I agree. But there's a lot of reasons why people are not generous. Fear. Obedience. Selfishness. But not only do we have to move past being selfish, not only do we have to move past sacrificing, we've got to come to this place in our lives, listen, that we want to follow Jesus. We want to follow his call. We want to be obedient. I want you to look at this story right here. This is a crazy story in the Bible. Look, it's a crazy story. I love that it's in there, and I think it's in there for a reason. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running to him and knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Man, what a question. What must I do? I want to go to heaven. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus says, only God is truly good, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. You must honor your father and mother. We would all agree that has, that's, that, that kind of makes sense to me, that if I'm going to go to heaven, I've got to be a good person and everything like that. When the guy says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. This guy's like, hey, I got that. I, I've done those things. And so that would be kind of impressive. And you would think that Jesus would go, all right, man, come on in. You're, you're good. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Jesus wasn't mad at him. Genuine love for him. He says, there's still one thing you haven't done. You think I'm pushing. Look what Jesus writes. <laughs> Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then, 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 then. Then come follow me. And I think a lot of times we read this story And I want to give you an out and go, Jesus would never ask that of you. 
Let me ask you a question. What if Jesus were to say that to you? That's a heavy duty. That's loaded. Say what? Say what? And just as you're pushing back, this guy starts pushing back and says, at this the man's face fell and he went away sad. The word sad right there means he was grieving. It's a word we use for grieving. He was grieving. Because man, he wanted to go, he wanted eternal life, he wanted it. And then all of a sudden, man, Jesus says, hey, you go. For he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around at the other disciples and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Again, Jesus pushing. He says, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then, who in the world can be saved? They asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Heavy, heavy, heavy. But Jesus is calling us to be generous. But too many times, we will not give up our possessions. We'll walk away. We will simply walk away. We'll walk away. Let me ask you a question. How would you respond right there? What would you have done? If we're honest, and I'm being honest, that's a hard sell. Jesus is calling us to be willing to give everything. You know, I've talked to you, about, you know, made jokes about sometimes uh, when you baptize people, sometimes people's wallet doesn't get baptized. They kind of stick that out, you know what I mean? Just... <laughs> That's not going, I'm keeping that part. Hear me. God's calling us to be generous. Jesus is calling us to be generous. I don't know if he's going to ask you to sell everything. Listen to me. But if he were, would you? Or would you walk away? Because if he's not Lord over your wallet, he's not Lord over your life. So how do we get there? Like if, if, if generosity is about not being selfish, about being sacred, about being obedient, how do you get there? How do you get there? And I just want to just level the playing field here. This is how Leslie and I have done it, and it's not anything earth shattering. This is how people of faith have done it for years. This is how Leslie and I have done it. How do you get there? First is this. You become a priority giver. Priority giver means, and that scripture means, is that God is first. God is first. He's first. That I, we, we give to him first. The scripture there says, seek first the kingdom of God. That we're going to give to God first. The second thing says... To be a percentage giver. And this is where it gets a little, and I'm going to be quick here. In the Old Testament, the scripture there in Malachi, the Old Testament there was 10%. Then it was 10%. 
And I know you're, you're sitting there thinking, there's no way I could do 10%. Yes, you can. You can. But you're going to have to start somewhere. Maybe you start with, if you're not giving anything, maybe you start with 2%. So I'll give you, you know, I'm going to show you how smart I am. So that means that if you made $100 this week, 2% would mean how much money would you give? $2. $2. This is the beauty of God's plan. That it's not about how much you make, that if a person makes $100 a week or they make $100,000 a week, his principle is the same. That you start becoming a percentage giver. You become a percentage giver. And here's what you do. You become a percentage giver if you don't think you can do 10%. But don't just, don't just go, I can't do 10%. Leslie and I have done 10%. We raised four kids. Put them through college. We've made sacrifices. We've put the Lord first, and we've been percentage givers. Listen to me. Hear me. And he has blessed us. Beyond anything I can imagine. He has blessed us. One of my favorite stories is a story of my son Micah. And I know we got to go, and I'm going to go long today. He was in high school, and he'd just gotten paid. And he started to think about what he was going to do with his money. And he had all these things that he needed to do and these expenses he had, just like we all do. We all do this. And he said, no, I'm going to give it to the church. I didn't know anything this was going on. He said, no, I'm going to give it to the church. I need to, I need, I need to give this, this. And as a matter of fact, part of the money that he gave went to this building campaign because he had made a commitment himself in high school. He gave that money. And he had signed up to go on a mission trip to Mexico. He was also wondering how he was going to fund that. And unbeknown to him and me, someone paid for his Mexico trip. So he gave money, did what he was supposed to do. He gave first to the Lord. He, gave, he was a percentage giver. And he saw the blessing that God was going to take care of him. Now, he, this happened to him in high school. Listen to me. In high school. He's got a story the rest of his life. That we're only as strong as our stories. Hear me on this. I fear this for you, that some of you don't have any stories. You have no stories. And maybe today that can change. Maybe today is the day you can start putting some food in the refrigerator. So you walk in there and look, you go, there it is. There it is. So you become a priority giver, God first. You become a percentage giver. You start a percentage. In the Old Testament, it was 10%. And then here's my favorite part. Hear me. Become a party giver. Now, how many of you like to throw parties? Come on now. Y'all don't, don't know. But this is a church. I know. But not, not. How many like to throw parties? How many like to go to parties? How many used to before you turned 30 or 40 or whatever? <laughs> I like the 9 o'clock parties. At 9 o'clock, we're leaving. Yeah, okay, so... Hear me on this. This is my favorite part. I love the first two parts. But what if you were a party giver? There's a story in a guy in a church. He's here today. Drank for a long time. Drank. 
realized this was an issue for him. He stopped drinking. But he kept putting money and saving money as if he were buying that, that whatever he was using in alcohol. Just, he just kind of socked it away. He's funded two missionaries with that money. Become a party giver. Has a testimony of, of helping seeing God's word advance in other countries. I love the thought about us putting God first and becoming priority givers, but, but also thinking beyond that and thinking like, who can I help? And so maybe today you don't make a lot of money. Maybe you don't make a lot of money. Start socking away a little bit and think, you know what? I'm going to put a, a few dollars here, a few dollars. When I see somebody in need, man, I'm going to throw a party. Because you know the scriptures say that when you and I came to faith, that God threw a party, that he throws parties in heaven, that he's this, he's this party giver, that he's excited about being generous, that I want us to be excited about being generous. I love this part. I love the part where, man, we grab some people in the church, and I've done this. I've done this with Mike. I've done this with some other guys in the church. I said, hey, I want to help this person. Would you, would you go in with me? Because I can give some money, but if I get four or five people together, man, we can make an impact. We can, we can go and, just, and give an incredible amount of money and bless somebody. And look, I send a text. Got some guys this past Christmas, four or five guys that said, hey, would you go in with me and let's bless this person this Christmas? They're struggling. Sent them a text and said, thank you. Sent these guys a text. You know what they all said? Thank you for the opportunity. Because, man, there's something that happens when you and I are generous. We're generous. It feeds our soul. Look, more than a boat, more than a mountain house. Listen to me. I'm telling you. You will, you will birth an eternal part that can't be birthed any other way than just simply being generous. So you put God first with your, with your finances. It's all his. You become a priority giver, a percentage giver, and then a party giver. That Man, I want to give and I want to celebrate that God has allowed me to do so. I'm going to give you a couple opportunities here. If we could have those on the screen. Chloe Howard, she's from the East Campus. We've done this here. She's raising money to go on a mission trip. Maybe you could help her. Maybe you could help her. Maybe you could give towards her to make this happen. We just, we sent one of our kids, uh, Ruby. So we helped her. She's in Paraguay now. Maybe, and just above and beyond that you're going to give and help them. Here's the next one. This is Greg laughing. Greg's got cancer. He's from the East Campus as well. He's got cancer. He can't work. He's got stage four colon cancer. Maybe you could give to him and his family just above and beyond, that you're going to, whatever funds, and it's going to be a party. It's not going to be like, eh, I got to do it. It's going to be, no, man, I get to help this guy. I get, I mean, I'm excited about this. Listen to me, and watch God feed your soul. Watch him change your heart. Watch radical generosity become normal in your life, and you'll be better for it. I'm going to pray that you do. And then here's what we're going to do today. Heavy message, but it's all because of Jesus. So we're going to sing a celebratory song. We're going to celebrate that Christ was generous to us. He went to the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, that, man, everything I have is his, and I want to give back. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you trust us enough by giving us resources. Lord, I pray that we're generous. Priority givers, we put you first. Percentage givers, that we're looking to give. Party givers, we're looking to celebrate 
by giving. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us?